Hello, beautiful, and welcome to the Be the Change in Your Marriage podcast, where I help down and discouraged mamas restore joyful connection with the love of their lives. Take a few minutes and go to the link in the show description to take my super fun What is Your Wife Style quiz. Enter your email and you'll get marriage advice customized to your style. If you haven't picked up my potentially life-changing free guide, 10 Ways to Feel Better About Your Marriage and Your Life Right Now, get it at pages.bethechangeinyourmarriage.com. If I was a fairy at Sleeping Beauty's christening and you were that precious slumbering infant and I could give you one gift, it would be this. The courage to be vulnerable. The courage to put yourself out there, to be seen, to feel the response, and to love yourself through it. It feels so scary to be seen. I've been reading a groundbreaking book called Nonviolent Communication by Marshall Rosenberg. It describes how simple and beautiful communication can be if we can only truthfully describe the feelings and needs of others and ourselves without mixing in those stinging nettles of blame, moral judgments, accusations, labeling, etc. The only thing that interrupts the holy duet of one human being sharing authentically with another is fear. That's it. I'm afraid to say, it sounds like you're feeling lonely because you're needing more attention from me. Because the reality of him seeing a deficit in me feels absolutely horrifying. Even though those very words would instantly begin to make that perceived deficit disappear. The irony astounds me every time. Instead, I fight it off with my puny cardboard sword saying something like, What do you mean? I give you attention every chance I get. And he, of course, feels the need to defend against that because it implies a judgment of unreasonable neediness. If we could only have the courage to appear before another in all our imperfections and remind ourselves that their amplification of those imperfections only reflect the fears of their own, we could begin to heal. I'm afraid to simply say, I'm feeling sad because I would really like some acknowledgement from you of how hard I'm working to care for the kids. Because what if he thinks that's somehow needy or pathetic or immature? I fail to consider the truth that if I sense a way that my loved one could make life more wonderful for me with little effort, the most gracious thing I could do is to make that request. As Rosenberg teaches, a request is different from a demand because we're allowing the person the freedom to say no. If we were making a demand, we would somehow punish the other for non-compliance with lectures, withdrawal of affection, guilt trips, etc. But when we make the request, we offer options. Ideally, our giving and receiving are as free as these song lyrics by Ruth Biebermeyer. Quote, I never feel more given to 
than when you take from me. When you understand the joy I feel giving to you. And you know my giving isn't done to put you in my debt. But because I want to live the love I feel for you. To receive with grace may be the greatest giving. There's no way I can separate the two. When you give to me, I give you my receiving. When you take from me, I feel so given to. End quote. But we must also understand that there may be gross, waxy buildup from previous demands involved, whether it be from us or others from their past. We may have no real experience in making punishment-free requests and or our punishments may have been subtle enough that even we didn't realize we were inflicting them. An injured look, a cold shoulder, a hasty exit. We need to give our husbands grace if they still hear our requests as demands and ourselves grace through the fear we may feel in setting them free to say no. They may hear only the two options of compliance or rebellion, resenting the one and fearing the other, not realizing they have another alternative and your love is not on the line. The same goes for the way you experience their requests. Brene Brown in her wonderful book, Daring Greatly, defines vulnerability as, quote, uncertainty, risk, and emotional exposure, end quote. She writes, quote, waking up every day and loving someone who may or may not love us back, whose safety we can't ensure, who may stay in our lives or may leave without a moment's notice, who may be loyal to the day they die or betray us tomorrow, that's vulnerability. Love is uncertain. It's incredibly risky. And loving someone leaves us emotionally exposed. Yes, it's scary. And yes, we're open to being hurt. But can you imagine your life without loving or being loved? End quote. And later, quote, vulnerability sounds like truth and feels like courage, end quote. So much vulnerability is required in speaking clearly about feelings and needs, but if we can just practice doing so, the resulting peace will be priceless. Needs are universal to humans. In addition to basic physical needs for survival, we have emotional and spiritual needs such as community, Laughter, contribution, understanding, order, peace, closeness, and understanding. Imagine what a powerful shift could take place if next time your husband said, we can't spend more than $200 this week. Instead of saying, do you have to be so controlling? I'm not planning to break the bank. You remember that anything experienced as criticism has unmet needs behind it, and you say, are you feeling scared because you need to protect the family financially? 
This is likely to be a huge relief for him, but if it's new, it might feel momentarily weird for both of you, but stay with it. Sometimes it feels awkward to speak so clearly about feelings and sarcasm could creep in. Then you could say, are you feeling a little scared because you don't know where this conversation is going and you need to know I'm not going to suddenly turn on you? Please know I'm just working on tuning in and being more understanding and less defensive. If his response is unkind, you could check in with yourself and say, I'm feeling hurt. Because I'm telling myself you don't care about my feelings and I need to feel that you do. Note that you're not attributing the cause to his action but to your needs. His action may have been the trigger, but it was not the cause. You could also say, I felt upset when you set that limit because I need to feel trusted that you know I want what's best for our family. If his defenses are still too entrenched to offer you kindness, remind yourself that feeling safe takes time after years of conditioned responses and excuse yourself to give yourself some empathy. Even if it seems goofy, it's a fact that just repeating your feelings and needs to yourself will give you relief. Ultimately, it is a practice. Sometimes the notes we plunk out will sound an eager little melody, sometimes they will clash, and sometimes they'll create exquisite harmonies. As Sue Johnson has written, quote, There is no perfect soulmate, no flawless lover. We are all stumbling around, treading on each other's toes as we are learning to love. End quote. And in the immortal words of actor Peter Dinklage, Once you've accepted your flaws, no one can use them against you. You deserve all the love and happiness you can hold. Till next time. Bye.